This is the Seabed Daily Text. What did the first Christians care the most about? 1 Peter 3, 18-22 For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through the water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand, with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. Consider this. Okay, I get it. Maybe my most important doctrine of the whole Bible claim may have been a bridge too far. I am aware I can be a bit of a provocateur at times, overstating my case to make a point. It's a bit of my style and strength, yet my mentor and friend Steve Moore always reminds me an unguarded strength can be a double weakness. So can we explore this together another minute? And yes, we will get to the descent into hell material in another day or so, so bear with me. I will say how much I appreciate the level of real engagement we are finding together in First Peter. Since we've gone to the next level in our relationship and reading together, I'll ask a question I've probably asked here before. What is the most quoted verse from the Old Testament in the New Testament? Is it A, be holy as I am holy? B, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? C, the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone? The answer is D, none of the above. The most quoted text from the Old Testament in the New Testament is Psalm 110.1, which says, The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Yes, the Holy Spirit inspired writers of the New Testament reference Psalm 110 over 20 times. There's not even a close second. This is the basis for my claim about the ascension being the most important doctrine in the Bible. All the things concerning Jesus Messiah have happened, save one. They are the history His conception, birth, words, signs, deeds, miracles, suffering, crucifixion, burial, and his bodily resurrection.
the ascension is the right here, right now reality of our life and time. The other right here, right now, super neglected core essential doctrine of the New Testament is the sending of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Jesus himself stresses the significance of his ascension multiple times, noting that unless he goes to the Father, he can't send the Spirit. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And see all of John 14 and 16. In light of this, let me refine my position on the ascension. I'll pull back on the most important doctrine, hyperbole, and instead call the ascension the linchpin doctrine of the Bible. It is the essential and mostly forgotten in our time link between the resurrection of Jesus, the sending of the Holy Spirit, and the return of Jesus, the only yet remaining movement of the gospel of the kingdom. If Jesus' resurrection is just a spiritual resurrection, the ascension doesn't really matter so much. But if his resurrection is a physically embodied resurrection, which is what any Christian worth their salt has believed since the first eyewitnesses reported it and on which they later staked their martyrdom, the ascension becomes the essential completion of the resurrection, resulting in his enthronement and glorification. This is where... Then, where is he and what is he doing? Answer, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. This is the most quoted text from the Old Testament in the New Testament because this mattered most to the apostles, evangelists, prophets, shepherds, and teachers. The bodily ascension of Jesus Messiah to the right hand of the throne of God meant everything to the earliest church, which continues to this day as the church Jesus is building. It's why I'm becoming more and more concerned the churches of our lifetime may be diverging from the church Jesus is building because we seem not to care much at all about what they seem to care most about. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The ascension of Jesus signaled something cataclysmically massive to the first followers of Jesus Messiah. Two words, game on. It must come to register the same with us. Oh yes, and this, wake up sleepers, 
and rise from the dead. Your turn. We will go one more day on this tomorrow, and then we'll make the turn toward hell. The prayer. Jesus, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. You are risen and ascended, reigning and ruling, the Son of God and the Son of Man, seated, physically seated in the heavens. We can't fathom it. We lack both the worldview and metaphysical categories. Stretch the fabric of our imaginations by the sanctifying presence of the Holy Spirit, which is to say, open the eyes of our hearts that we might see you, behold you, indeed live and move and have our being in you. For then we will be truly and fully alive. Praying in Jesus' name, amen. The question, is the fabric of your imagination being stretched, sanctified, enlivened, emboldened even? For The Awakening, I'm J.D. Walt.